So we began last week talking a little bit, uh, or I, I was doing talking, I guess, but dealing with things about the church as the bride of Christ, and we continue to look at that over the next several weeks as we talk about it together. The great exhibition of the works of industry of all nations was opened by Queen Victoria in 1851. It was a celebration of industry and of things that were going on, and the magic power in that time was steam. And so everything was about steam, steam engines, steam uh, cannon, a steam cannon, all kinds of steam things going on and being a part of it. But the thing that won the prize that year was a, uh, was a, a machine that had 7,000 parts, pulleys and bells and gears. They were all running and pulling and moving together, uh, working in perfect harmony and synchronization and the things that were there. But the thing that set it apart from all the other things was it did absolutely nothing. It, it, it was just a machine that just had a lot of parts that moved. You know, if, if we're not really careful, that's kind of how the church becomes. We get so busy being busy that we forget who we are, that we forget the wonder of what it means to be the bride of Christ, that we forget what we are as God's people and how we're supposed to live and be a part of that time. And that's why I, I feel like we need to look together and, and, and just let these words from Scripture over the next weeks talk to us about who we are as God's bride, as who, what it means and how we're to live, what kind of people are we supposed to be as we seek to be the people of God, the bride of Christ and the things that are going on. I'm going to read several different passages this morning and if you don't want to try to keep up and finding them in your Bible and things, I'm going to read from uh, 2 Peter in chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 Timothy 3 and John chapter 14. And so uh, I'll read them and you can listen. If you want to follow along, I'll try to tell you where we are each time, but that's fine if you don't want to try to find them and keep up with me as we go. But I would ask that you would stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word and allow it to speak to our hearts. A couple of these passages deal with the Holy Spirit. A couple of them deal with the Word of God, which is the theme of what I'm dealing with. You'll remember from last week, I talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit was that symbol of the ring that the groom gave his bride, and that the Bible is the symbol of the guarantee, the written guarantee that he left with his bride. And I want to examine that more fully today and understand these things as they relate to you and to me as the bride of Christ and things that are going on. So these passages deal with that in our, in as we look at it. First of all, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, the Scripture says, In him you also, after listening to the measure of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to his holy glory in that which is going on. And then also and we find in Peter, uh, First Peter, Second Peter, excuse me, three, uh, let me get my verses here together, 119 through 21. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you will do well to pay attention as to the lamb shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke for God. And then in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3 and verse 16, a verse that I'm sure you know well, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. And then in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, the scripture goes on to say, as we look at it, and I will ask the Father, 
And he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. And in Romans 15, I'm not going to read that one, but it tells us there as well that the word of God was given as an encouragement to us to live out our lives the way God wants us to live and be a part of that. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think together about who we are, I pray that you would just remind us that, that you have called us and made us your bride, that you have given us the privilege to know you, to be loved by you, to be accepted by you when we confessed our sin and, and accepted your love for us and took you as Lord and Savior of our life. Father, we're your bride. We're, we're the very people of God. And there ought to be in our lives an understanding of what that means and how that ought to lead us to un- live out our lives and the way that we do the things that we do and think and act and speak. All those things should be affected by who we are in Christ. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to just pause in this day and in the days ahead and, and reflect upon your word and think about who we are and just let you speak into our lives what it means to be your bride, what your expectations are of us, how we're to live our lives in glory to you. So I pray this morning as we examine these verses that deal with your Holy Spirit, your word, that we might understand how that applies to us now, today, as your bride in Christ. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as we look at these things and as as we talk about them, and think about them. I just want to go back, as I mentioned last week, I mentioned those thing, elements to you. Today, I want to go into a little bit more depth of what it means as we think about together. The Bible said, or I told you that the custom of the groom was to give the bride a golden ring when he left. It was a symbol of his love. It was a symbol of the promises that he was making. It was a symbol of the, of the commitment they had with one another, and it was a promise that they had. The Holy Spirit is that promise to us, that ring in a sense that Christ has given to us. You there in John said that he is giving us the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit comes into your life and into my life when we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He dwells within us. He is God. He is as much God as God the Father, God the Son. He is God. And as he dwells within you and me, he has taken up his abode within us. It is God's promise to us that we are his and that he, he is ours, that he is our God, he is our Savior, he is our groom that we have to look forward to and the things that, are, that we need to see and understand and know about that. And we need to know him better. A lot of us get afraid of the Holy Spirit. We don't understand how he works in our lives. We're not sure what it means. We, we see people that go to one extreme to another extreme when we begin to talk about the Spirit of God and what that means and how we look at it. Some who just seem to go way out in, in left field and, and, and just do all kinds of things in the name of God that don't make sense and don't seem to have anything and, and give credit to the Holy Spirit. And then some of us back away from the Holy Spirit as though we're scared to death of him and we don't want to be touched by him or have anything to do with him because we're not real sure what will happen if we we were to let him have control of our lives. We, we're not sure what we think. But the Holy Spirit is God dwelling in you and dwelling in me. He's a person, the person of the Godhead that we need to know and know well. We need to understand what the Scripture tells us about him. For he is that promise to us. He is that seal. The Bible said there in Ephesians that I read a moment ago, the Holy Spirit is God's seal upon your life and upon my life that we belong to him. That we're his. That's the guarantee that we have God in our life, that we belong to God, and that God will never forsake us or leave us, but that we have the knowledge, the assurance, the love of a God who has given himself to us in Jesus Christ. And his spirit dwelling in us is the reality of that. 
We need to understand that He has set us apart. He has called us unto Himself. That's what the word sanctification means when we think about it. You and I who know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, having the Spirit of God dwelling in us, have been set apart. We've been sanctified for the work of God, for the glory of God. Now that means whether you understand it or whether you accept it or not, I I, I really don't care because this this is the truth, you're a saint. I know most of us don't live like it. If people were to be encountering us, they wouldn't think so. But we're saints. Not because of what we do, not because of what we have done or will do. We're saints because God has picked us out, chosen us to be His children, put His Spirit within us as we accepted that gift in our lives and set us apart unto Himself. We're sanctified. We're the saints of God. And we need to live like that as we look at it. You don't have to do something great, die, and then the church proclaim you to be a saint. That's not what the Scripture teaches. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you genuinely have a relationship with Him, you are one of the children of God set apart for Him as being a part of that. And we need to understand that. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. We are the bride of Christ. And that ought to affect how we live, how we think, how we act, and all the things that are going on. As we understand that together, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. But the Bible tells us that if we are not careful, we we tend sometimes to treat the Holy Spirit in such a way that we limit what God can do in our lives and we limit what can happen and what victory we can know in our own hearts. The Scripture tells us not to quench the Holy Spirit. That word quench means, uh, as you know, if we were quenching something, it would be satisfying. Put it, putting a stop to something, to stop to our thirst or whatever it may be. And when we quench the Holy Spirit by our lifestyle, by our attitudes, by our actions, we're putting a limit upon what He can do in our lives. We're keeping His work from being real. We're keeping His power from having an effect upon our lives. So the Scripture tells us not to quench His work in our life, not to try to hinder Him, not to try to interfere with what He wants to do in being a part of our lives. It also tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve the Holy Spirit means to sadden the very heart of God because we don't take Him seriously. Because we don't want to live for Him. We don't want Him to have control of our lives. We don't want Him to be the one in charge. And so we grieve His heart. The Scripture also says in the book of Ephesians that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you and I became Christians, when we trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, we got the Holy Spirit. And we got all of Him we're ever going to get. We didn't get a portion of Him, and we earned the rest of Him as we go along. We got Him all. And we don't lose Him. When I sin, He doesn't go away. He doesn't depart. He's in my life. He's in my life convicting me of my sin, reminding me that I did fall short, calling me back to a better relationship, a confession of my life, but he doesn't go away. The feeling of the Holy Spirit simply means that I choose day by day, moment by moment, to submit my life to the authority of God in my life. Today, I feel my life, I put my life under his control. I submit to him. I yield to him. I let him be the Lord and master of my life and being a part of the time. He is Lord but I can choose not to acknowledge that in my life, but as I give him that freedom to act that way in my life, the freedom to be the leader in my heart, the one who controls my life, I am being filled, I'm being full of his spirit in my life as I yield to him and are part of all that God wants me to do. So when the Bible tells us as the bride of Christ that we have the spirit of God dwelling within us, that we need to understand that that sets us apart. We, We ought to be different. We have, because of that, the Bible teaches us in the book of Galatians that we have the fruit of the Spirit of God dwelling within us. Now, that fruit has a ninefold characteristic. I believe the fruit itself is Christ's likeness. But then there's nine characteristics of that fruit that we see listed in Galatians. And those fruits 
or those evidences that we are believers of God, the children of God. Because those fruits can only be in the Christian. They only belong to the church. They cannot be produced by Satan. They cannot be lived out by the world. They can only be lived out in the, world, in the life of the church, in the life of God's people, because they are produced by the Christ himself, by the Spirit within us. I can't produce any of them. No matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, I can't produce one single characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so if the fruit of the Spirit of God is in my life as it should be if I'm a child of God, then those things are going to become evident in my life because He's working in my life to produce those. As the bride of Christ, those fruits ought to be evident. Those ought to be a part of the characteristics. They ought to be a part of our description, how people look at us, see us, and know us. Now, the Holy Spirit also gives us gifts in the church, and those gifts are for one purpose, not to glorify me, not so I can brag about I got this gift and you only got that gift. It is so that I can be a part of the Holy Spirit's work in edifying the church, building up the body of Christ, helping the bride to be the very best bride she can possibly be. And that's their purpose, is to edify God's body, edify the church, every gift. Now, many of us have talents. Talents are not spiritual gifts. Talents can be given to God to be used for God in the spiritual realm of work. But the spiritual gifts only come by the gifting of the Holy Spirit when one is saved and their purpose is to glorify God and to edify the church. All of those are evidences of what God is doing in your life, in my life, as His bride, and they need to be having an effect upon our life. How many of you have ever been to a wedding? At least your own, I hope. You know, when you went to the wedding... Did you ever have any question about who the bride was? Sadly for the groom and all the rest of us, it didn't really matter whether we were there or not, but the bride stood out. I mean, she was designated. It was, she was the one. The way she was there, when, when she came in, everybody stood, all the kinds of things. There was never a doubt who the bride was. Today, in our world, there's a huge doubt of who the bride is. But that ought not be. There ought not be any question who's the bride. We're the bride. And our lives are to reflect and show and give a demonstration of that reality as we live out our faith, as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and to remind us, you're my bride. I love you. I gave my life for you. And as we understand that and as we relate to that, we're to live our lives in a way that honor Him and glorify Him. And that leads us even then to that written contract, the Bible. The Bible, the story of, of what goes on in the wedding was the groom would leave a written contract when he left. And that was important for the bride-to-be because it gave her legal status. It gave her rights that she didn't have before she had that written contract. It protected her. It assured her that everything that he had promised to her would be true and come to her and be a reality for her. It was very, very vitally important that she have that written contract. Today, that written contract that Christ has given you and given me is the Word of God. It's the Bible. And this word is God's word to you. It's God's word to me. We need to look at this book and understand that this is just not a book like any other book. This is not just a book with pages and words on those pages. But this is a book that God spoke into being. This is a book that is a living book. It is a book that has the power to change things, the power to move into our lives as God uses it to speak into our lives and being a part of what's going on. It has power to change and to do things. It is God's written contract to us. It's a reminder of how much He loves us. If I want to know how to live my life, it's right here. 
That's all I have to know. I don't need to ask how, what does God want, what does God expect. It's all right here. See, Jesus told his disciples that, that if you really love me, you'll obey me. Now, I don't believe any of us desire to live a life in disobedience to God. I don't think any of us are purposely, day by day, trying to figure out everything we can do to disobey God. But part of the problem is that we don't know the book. We don't really spend time in God's Word. We don't read this guarantee that He gave us. We don't understand the things that are there. We're not reminding ourselves regularly of what God's teachings are. We're not teaching, letting ourselves be taught by the Spirit of God how much God loves us and all the messages that He has for us. Throughout this book, God reminds us over and over again, I love you. He reminds us that He's with us. He reminds us that He'll never forsake us. He reminds us that His power is greater than any power upon the face of the earth or under the earth or above the earth. He reminds us that nothing can separate separate us from his love. He reminds us that he indwells us and that he will always do that. He reminds us that his peace is our peace and it cannot be taken away by the things that's in this world. He reminds us that his joy is our joy and it's a joy so great that it's unspeakable. It's not affected by circumstances or situations. He goes on and on and on to remind us who we are as his bride and all that means because of who he is to us. He said, I made this promise to you and I'm going to keep that promise. I'm going to always be what I said I would be. I'm going to always do what I said I would do. But I don't always know what he said because I don't pay attention to the word. I don't read it. And if I do read it, I read it just with the idea of being able to mark it off and say I read it. Not because I really wanted God to speak to me. Not because I was searching for what God wanted me to understand. Not because I wanted to hear a word from my groom and how much he loves me. What I was looking in my life because I want to be able to live in such a way that honors him. I want to live in such a way that, that brings glory to Him because He's done so much for me and I want my life to count. I don't want to embarrass God. I don't want Him to be ashamed of me. I don't want Him to live as though He's in regret that He accepted, that He called me into His family by faith and allowed me to become the very child of God, the very bride of Christ. I want to honor Him. I want to glorify Him. I, I want to live in a way that people can see that I'm committed to Him above everything else, that He means more to me than anything else in all the world. But I can't do that if I don't stay faithful to the Word of God, if I'm not studying it, listening to the Holy Spirit teach it to me. See, I can't understand this book. One of the reasons we understand and we get insight in this book is because the Holy Spirit teaches us, because the Holy Spirit's in us. We have that ring already. We're His. And the Holy Spirit who's inspiring this word is the Holy Spirit who's illuminating this word so that you and I can understand it and, and under, know how to apply it to our lives and to get something from it. God wants us to know Him. And He wants to use these things in our life to help us be sure that we're His. To have a confidence that we belong to God. In a world that is so messed up, you and I need to know that we know that we know that we are a people of God. That we belong to Him. And whether our society acknowledges Him, whether we move farther and farther away as we continue to do from God and the things of God, no matter how dark this world may become, we need to have the confident assurance that we are in the hands of a Savior, a Savior, a God who loves us, gave Himself for us, a God who will never let us out of His hands. We belong to Him. And how do I know that? How, do I, how, how can I be sure of that? Because I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. Because God has placed himself in my life to tell me over and over again 
that I am His. I belong to Him. I've been sealed by Him. I've been marked by Him. I've been purchased by Him. I've been bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I belong to Him. And no one can take that away from me. I'm His. And so that I understand what that means, so that I know how to live day by day and how to be the kind of father I need to be, the husband I need to be, the kind of uh, worker I need to be, the kind of friend I need to be, the kind of person that I need to be in the world in which I live, the kind of bride I need to be to my groom. I have a Bible. I have a written contract that teaches me everything I need to know about being the bride of Christ, about being the kind of person that can bring glory to my God and live out my life in such a way that others can see Him. Remember that's what He talked about in Matthew when Jesus talked about let your light so shine before men that they pat you on the back and talk about what a great person you are and are just feel like they're so, precious, so pleased to be able to know you. Don't think that's what it says. I think it says let your light so shine before men that they will see and glorify God. They'll glorify God. That's who we are as the bride. We're supposed to be living in such a way that people see and glorify our God, our Savior, our groom, who gave himself for us and wants us to live out in that life the things that we are. We have, if we know Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And he wants to help us be molded into the shape of the bride that God wants us to be by bringing out those fruits in our lives, by allowing us to walk in the kind of lifestyle that we're supposed to be, by giving us wisdom and understanding, by bringing conviction when we need conviction, teaching when we need teaching, but being all that we need to be. He's our guide. He's in us, dwelling there. And then we have the book that God gave us, inspired by God himself. God breathed. A living word, a powerful word, a word that's able, the Bible says, to cut to asunder to the marrow of the bone. It is so powerful. And that word is a word God's given to us as a guarantee, as a promise, as a guide that we can live the way God wants us to live, that we can be the people God wants us to be. Now, none of us are perfect but we have a spirit within us that's guiding us. And when we step aside, he reminds us to get back on the right trail. And we have a word that gives us guidance every day so that we know this is how I need to go. This is how I need to live. This is what I need to do. This is the answer that I'm looking for. I don't need to know all the statistics and all the surveys and all the things that the world does. I have the truth. And that's all I need. And that truth guides me. So as people of God, as the bride of Christ this morning, I just want to remind you to keep in your heart, to keep in your head, I am the bride. And because I'm the bride, I need to understand some things and accept them as true. One of the truths about me is God lives in me. The Holy Spirit dwells within my body, within my soul, within my very being. And His Spirit is at work in my life to conform me to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, to help me be the bride that God desires for me to be, to help me be the bride that He can present, in, as the Scripture last week said, spotless and pure. That's what He's doing in our lives, and He gave Him to us so that He could help us to be reminded every day 
when we're confused, when we're in doubt, when we're struggling, when pain because of loss or because of our own physical needs, whatever it may be, when things are so dark in our lives and we're not sure we have the presence of God in our lives to stand up in our hearts and to say, you're mine. And I've not forsaken you and I'll not let you go. You belong to me. And then we have his word that tells us every single day. It's a love letter. If you let it, if open it up and just read it, it's a love letter to you. God's just got word after word after word after word of how much he loves you. Just reminding you, you're my children. I love you. I gave myself for you. And I will always love you. In fact, he says, nothing in this world or out of this world, nothing in this realm or any other realm, nothing can ever separate you from the love that I have for you. You can't stop me from loving you. And he wants you to know that every single day. He loves you. We need to know that so that we can try our best to be yielded to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that he can bring us to the place we need to be as the bride of Christ. Folks, if you know Christ, God's Spirit lives in you. And if you know Christ, his word is a guarantee to you that every promise he ever made will be fulfilled through Christ Jesus. In fact, the scripture says all the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. We need to keep that in mind and we need to live by that. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think together about being your bride and we think about that ring that you gave us in the Holy Spirit dwelling in our lives as a reminder that we are yours, that we belong to you, that we belong in your family, that we, have, we are having the characteristics of God being developed in our lives by the work of the Holy Spirit. Father, as we remember that you have given us that written contract that guarantees us of our relationship to you and gives us information about all the promises that are ours because of our relationship to you and what you've given to us in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we'd not take those things for granted, that we'd not ignore them, that we'd not just act as though they don't matter, but that we'd understand that if we're going to live out our lives as the bride of Christ, as you've called us to be the church, the bride, then we need to take seriously the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we need to take seriously the living word, the written contract given to us so that we can be the people you've called us to be for your honor and for your glory. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.